you'll be surprised at how much better the response will be by just simply asking for permission first and, you know, starting with a compliment. Hello and welcome to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Now, I started this podcast as a way to give you access to the thoughts, ideas, and suggestions from people who actually work every day in the music industry on how to move your music career forward. Now, I'm blessed to have helped launch the career of superstar Taylor Swift, and I served as her manager for two years. I currently manage American Idol winner Trent Harmon, consult Scott Borchetta and the Big Machine Label Group, and have been helping thousands of artists around the world navigate the music industry. By the way, contrary to popular belief, there is no one-size-fits-all model when it comes to the music industry. So check out my website, rickbarker.com. Take the quiz, and I will send you information specific to you to help you make sure that you are on the right track. Enjoy the podcast. Helping you navigate the music industry, here's Rick Barker with the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. So here we are, episode number 50 of the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. I thought we would do things a little different tonight. I'm actually sitting out on my back deck. Uh, If you can hear in the back the noise, they're called cicadas. They're these big beetles that live in the trees, and at night they just talk to each other. I guess they're rubbing wings or doing something. So I also have a guest who is joining me tonight. His name is Michael Warner. Michael and I were introduced to each other by Garrison from Gyrosity Projects and Crosshair. And what's even more special about this 50th episode is that I have a sponsor for this episode. So as most of you know, I'm big. I spend a lot of time on social media, and I have been in the market for a pair of headphones. I have been losing a boatload of weight, and I want to run a 5K. That's my goal. But I needed a pair of headphones that I could be active in, and I saw this company called Studio, and it's a knockoff and a playoff of Phil Collins' song, Studio. And for those of you that aren't old enough, I'm 50. It's Sue Sue Studio was the song. I thought it was like short for studio or something, but it's not. It's studio.com, and they are the sponsors. And I'll tell you a little bit more about the headphones that I picked up and why I'm so excited about them. But I'm stoked because, once again, Studio is sponsoring the 50th episode of the MIB podcast. My guest, we are going to talk about what is on the lips of everyone right now, which are playlists. Playlists have become, and playlist curators have become the new program directors when it comes to independent artists, major artists. Artists are able to get their music heard throughout the world, and it's people like Michael who are the new gatekeepers. They are the ones in charge of these amazing lists. So, Michael, first, if you could tell everyone a little bit about yourself, and then let's talk and dive deep. I've got some questions uh, just for my own interest on Playlist as a manager and someone who works with artists. And then I also want to talk a little bit about what people can do to get noticed by people like yourself. So you've got a great company, uh, Work Hard, Playlist Hard. Dot com is the website. Tell us a little bit about that. And then also in the show notes, folks, we're going to give you the ability to go uh, pick up Michael's book, which I bought and absolutely love. And uh, he's also like you. He's also an artist. So he covers a lot of different realms. So Michael, welcome. And uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. 
Yeah, thank you, Rick. Pleasure to be here. And firstly, I've just got to say, your location looks way more exciting than me right now. I'm actually coming to you live from my bedroom in San Diego, sitting next to a lamp up against the wall. Um, so I kind of wish I could teleport there right now, but at the same time, it's quiet, it's comfy, and it works. That being said, Work Hard Playlist Hard uh, came about. So I've been a DJ for over 15 years, got into music production roughly 10 years ago. Was never really good at it, but knew what needed to be put out um, to get to the right ears and, um, you know, what would do well. Um, at the time, I was DJing, so I was able to promote my own music. And I guess that kind of, you know, teleported me to where I am now, where we're in the wonderful world of playlisting and uh, streaming services. And, you know, so I kind of looked at myself in the early days as a DJ with a much bigger audience. Instead of playing a venue with 500 people, there's potentially millions and millions of people on these streaming services. So for me, that was pretty neat to um, curate a playlist and know that it could be enjoyed around the world at any time of day. And they could repeat songs if they like them. They could make that request and say, play it again. Um, you know, it puts them in control. And if I put a song in there that doesn't fit, they can skip. So... As far as curators, yeah, I've always looked at curators as a disc jockey. Uh, you know, other people might say it's similar to radio. You program radio, you plan it. You go, okay, this playlist is intended to play in the mornings. I am putting together or programming, if you will, a morning broadcast right now. And this is the music I want listened to in this order. Um, so, yeah, that, that's how I like to look at them personally. So and, when you started doing this... You basically were just kind of doing it for yourself. As a DJ, you, you like to create your own flow. So you created stuff for yourself. Then all of a sudden you realize that, wait a minute, I can now add other people's music and other people can now start submitting music to me. When did you realize, okay, I'm on to something? You know, there's, there's this list that, and you talk a lot about this in your book, how you've early first, you got all your friends to subscribe and you would walk around with your phone and make people subscribe or you would take their phones and make them subscribe to your playlist in the very beginning. So you realized early on that you had the power to not only share your music, but music you liked with other people. Yeah, absolutely. So when I started curating these playlists, I had no intentions of sharing them with anyone. They're all private. They were just for me, for fun. I mean, I have playlists that are still on Work Hard, Playlist Hard now. One of them in particular is called Cowboy House. And that was inspired by, um, you know, electronic uh, country music crossovers such as Avicii, rest in peace. And, um, you know, a number of record labels started to come out that were um, sort of merging house music and country music together. So you'd have banjos and you'd have, you know, somebody talking about drinking whiskey, but it would be over a house music beat and you could play it in a club and, you know, people would move to it. So um, I started curating all these different playlists. I did one of covers. We were talking about covers before and I'm sure yeah. we're going to talk about that later as well. Um, and, you know, I just kept putting together different playlists. I put one together for a wine bar um, you know, I even did one for a friend's coffee shop uh, as well. And it just kept going from there. And I, it got to the point where I decided I've put all this effort in. I'm sitting up, you know, till midnight, Friday night, curating music at home now instead of going out playing gigs. Why don't I share this and see what happens? So as I made them public, I noticed that the followers were going up 
you know, we're, we're talking maybe 10 followers one day, sure. 15 the next, you know, not big numbers, but I wasn't doing any work to promote them. So, you know, then I realized, wait a minute, I've got music that I've worked on or my, my friend has worked on that I can slot into this playlist and it will fit. Let's see what happens. I put that in and it started to get some streams. So then I started, you know, sharing the playlist and encouraging people to send me music. And at first it seemed like a really good idea to put my email address. And <laughs> um, as the playlist grew uh, over time, my email started crashing and um, I started to, you know, it became a little overwhelming. So then I built a submission system and uh, basically set up what's called a gate so that everyone can still send music, but in return, they just need to follow my playlist on Spotify first. And once it got to that point, that's where the followers just kept building up. Sure. So when you, let's talk about the submission process. So it's like, there's a lot of people, unfortunately, that just record music. They're poor quality recordings. They think that because their mom likes it and their dad likes it and their aunt likes it, that they should be on the biggest playlist on Spotify and that uh, New Music Friday should play them and they should be on these release radar, you know, everyone's release radar. Now, I was confused for a while. Everyone's release radar is different mm. based on who they follow and who they subscribe to. Yeah, I can elaborate on that. And Ooh, there's actually been- I, I thought it was an actual playlist. I'm like, I got to do the release <laughs> radar. They're like, dude, if you follow people, it comes on your release radar. I, I was so new to this. I just know that that's what everybody wanted. So explain a little bit about the submission process, what you look for. Mm -hmm. uh, you are also involved with some other playlist and you also are in a group you know a lot of other playlisters what should someone do to submit probably research to make sure that their music even fits that playlist you know I think what you just said was super important subscribe to the playlist that you're submitting to to show that you're at least a fan of it or fake it you know or whatever the case may be so talk a little bit about the submission process and maybe some of the homework that someone should do before approaching curators yeah sure so and this can apply to a number of curators not just myself um because i still approach curators as well um you know the first way is you don't just come straight up to them and pitch your song in the first message the first email however you're reaching out to them it's the equivalent of running up to someone at a conference and shoving a cd in their hand it's, right um you know you, you're probably going to scare the hell out of them for one and they're not going to forget you, but it's not for the right reasons. You, you know, you can be that cool guy who comes up, you know, says, hey, Mike, I've listened to your um, playlists on Work Hard, Playlist Hard. I really like Fresh Picks, the fact that it's, you know, broad covers multiple genres and it's all about music that you've personally discovered and you want to share. Um, I have a song that I would like to send you. You know, I do country music myself do you listen to country music and is there a way that I can submit it to you? Do you have a submission process straight away? You've got my respect, you've got my attention and I'm going to tell you about that submission process um, so that you can go and do that properly. But I'm also going to remember you because you're that person who came up and actually did a little bit of research. You know, you gave me a 15 second spiel about 
you know, you proved that you've actually checked out the playlists and you asked, you know, and you'll be surprised at how much better the response will be by just simply asking for permission first and, you know, starting with a compliment. People forget that sometimes, you know, it's like I have people come to me and say things like, Hey, I would love to sit down and talk to you about what social media platforms I should be on. And uh, the first thing that goes off in my mind is you've obviously never listened to any of my podcasts because I've covered that in complete detail. You've never picked up a free copy of my book from my website because I cover that in complete detail. And I just immediately go to why would I waste my time with someone who isn't even doing research of free stuff that is available to them. So I love the way that you talked about doing your homework first. Let's talk a little bit about sound quality. Sure. Uh, That's on me, of course. It is on you, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Look, sound quality you know, song quality, production quality, you know, it's really important. I've had people that have submitted songs before and I've listened to it and I've said, wow, I've got a great voice. It's just way too quiet in the mix. I can't hear it. I, you know, I'm actually squinting to try and hear it, which doesn't make any sense. But I realize if I'm squinting my eyes because I'm concentrating that hard, that's going to be the same experience for everyone else. And if that, that happens in the middle of my playlist of songs that are well-produced and well-mixed and mastered and engineered, then people are going to skip that song and they may even skip my playlist altogether, which means that all the other artists on there are going to miss out on potentially reaching new fans. So as, as cold as it is, you know, I will go back to that person and I make the effort to give some constructive feedback. You know, a, I don't have to say your song sucks because it doesn't. I can say, you know, I like your song. I really do. If you can do this and come back to me, I'm going to listen to it again and I'm going to remember you and I'm going to, once again, respect. I'm going to respect you for putting that effort in. And, um, you know, you're going to have a much better chance with not just me but everyone else. So please take this advice. And, you know, if your next paycheck is $100 and $50 has to go on food and living expenses, put the other 50 aside and go to Lander or, or a website like that and, you know, upload the stems and, and get it mixed. Or, you know, even just ask a couple of friends and get their opinion as well. You know, get someone that's got a good pair of ears on them. You know, um, it's funny how having a second opinion or a second set of ears, you know, will bring up stuff you didn't even notice in the mix. It's interesting because what I used to tell people to do and I still tell them to do this day is take your song upload it into your iTunes, create a playlist with songs that are currently on the radio and put your song right in the middle of it. And does it flow? Does Mm -hmm. sonically, does it sound like it fits? Because now there are inexpensive ways to get good quality mixes, good quality production. My buddy Graham Cochran from Recording Revolution teaches a whole course on how to mix right on your laptop. You don't have to go into a studio. There are certain tips and certain tricks that you can get. You can go to YouTube and type in how to mix my song perfectly with a vocal up. Uh, In country music in Nashville, we always put various edits. We have a vocal up. We have an instrumental. We have all those different pieces. There's so many things that you can do now. And I like what you said, Michael, about it shows you that they at least cared to go back and try to make what they did better. 
And I think a lot of times it's like we don't necessarily have to like every single word of every single song because somebody out there will. But if it makes sense, and what you said was important, if it's not going to make someone leave your playlist, which is going to dink you with the algorithm, it's also going to not give another uh, song an opportunity. You mentioned something to me the other day. Uh, in a conversation that if you're on a playlist and people keep skipping past your track, it may move farther down the list. So if you're on a 50 song playlist and you were up at 13 and people kept skipping it, you're either going to get knocked off the playlist next time around, or you're going to continue to move down the bottom. So these are great tricks to give you the best opportunity. Another thing that I heard recently at the music biz conference and it, some of the people that were on the panel were from Google, uh, were from uh, uh, Spotify, they were from Pandora, they were from a lot of these different companies, uh, Amazon, you know, that has their own playlist now that said, look, you don't necessarily want to just shoot for the biggest ones first, because if you don't have any success there, you only go down. Sometimes it's better to reach out to people like you who are independent who have these various playlists that they can start on and that you're able to say, wow, I was on 30 playlists and look at the results, look at the streams, look at the shares, look at the people that saved it to their own uh, playlist and to their own library. A lot of people are just impatient. Do you find that a lot with people? Because you also are involved with some pretty big playlists uh, from what I understand, do you find that almost everyone wants to start at the top and they're, they're, they think it's weird to start at the bottom? Oh yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there's people that come to you and, you know, make one of the biggest mistakes, which is they tell you how big they're going to be. <laughs> they don't need to do that. You get to tell them that you get to hear their song and say, you're going to be huge. It's not going to be overnight though, but keep this up. You're going to be huge. You know, and they just need to, you know, eat a slice of that humble pie. I mean, even if they, they know they're awesome, you know, they've heard it from all their friends, just, you know, be humble and, and just relax. And when it happens, sure, you know, go and celebrate. But um, let other people tell you how awesome you are. That's way more important. Um, you know, and also people don't need to tell you when you're getting a million streams a week, you know, you know that there's some level of awesomeness going on there. And what you don't understand, folks, is that a million streams is worth about $5,000. Mm. So if you're making $5,000 a week, that's $20,000 a month. That's almost a quarter of a million dollars a year in revenue from these streams. And that's when you get people like, you know, Drake, who puts out so many songs, or people like Russ, you know, who released 30 songs last year. You don't have to wait like... A lot of times folks at major labels who get into a system and to a cycle and their songs have to fit in a cycle, you're able to pump them out. Do you find that when you find an artist that you really dig that you just then start exploring and maybe start adding songs that they don't even submit to you? Yeah. And look, you know, the way it works now is a song doesn't have to have just been released to get added to playlists. So I sometimes get songs that were released six years ago. Um, actually, um, I know your friend Ari, um, 
Ari actually pitched a song and I looked at it and it was released in 2014. And I took a listen to it. I said, this is great. I haven't heard it before. I really like it. I'm going to put it on this playlist. People need to hear it. And then I went to his profile and he released a song this year. And I started listening to that and then I just kept going. And, you know, I went on this journey and that's, that's the way it should be. I mean, that's all the work that needs to be done. You, you know, you give me one song that I like, you've got my attention. Just make sure that that one song is the right song and then you're going to keep my attention. Right. You know, don't go pitching me um, a song that you know isn't going to fit any of my playlists. Uh, you know, pitch me what you think is your strongest song that is going to fit and that little bit of research and you've got my attention. I may even, if you've got an album, it's not uncommon for me to go and put an album on while I'm working and just let it play. I love that. Another yeah. thing that I encourage people to do and on any of this stuff that I say, correct me if I'm wrong. I want your opinion on this because these are just things that I, I, I think about and I go, okay, this is what I would do. So I encourage all of the artists that are involved with my programs to start their own playlist and they can go out and they can take, you know, Drake, the weekend, insert their song here, another popular song, popular song, insert another one of their songs that fits there. And I, I went into my private Facebook group and I said, if 50 of you were to start a playlist and consistently build this thing and on every whatever day, you all added each other's songs to the playlist. I think the algorithm would say, wow, this song was just added to 50 different playlists. It doesn't, an algorithm's not a person. An algorithm is something that detects metadata. And uh, 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 an algorithm is going to say, okay, this song was just played 50 times within the last hour on 50 different playlists and people played it straight through. It might end up getting, uh, referred or recommended is that how it works now all of a sudden if something's getting a lot of activity it may get in a recommended platform or does it get on I mean I'm sure you're trying to figure out the way these playlists curators at Spotify and Apple what they're looking for and what they're listening to does that help when multiple people are doing this for you yeah, I mean, one thing that we need to know, and I can't speak for the uh, editor, editorial or the curators at Spotify and Apple, but it's my understanding, yes, the algorithm will actually go ahead and pick these tracks up, but then it's still a human at the end that is actually listening to the songs and actually reviewing them because you can't put all your trust in a robot to do all of the work because you could end up with a song that doesn't fit and that's going to reflect really badly on the actual streaming service. So that being said, we've got a little bit of action going there on Rick's end. So we're just going to keep on rolling here. Yes. <laughs> What's going on there, buddy? Out on the patio for this episode and my dog decided she spotted a deer. So, Oh boy. Now we're good. That Nashville life. It is. And like I said, I wanted this podcast to be a little bit different. It is the 50th. It's in a more relaxed setting. And it's, I, I get to have some really cool conversations. And when I was introduced to Michael, we were talking. I'm like, man, we got to save some of this for a podcast episode. I want to be able to pick your brain and share this information with folks. So I'm getting ready at the taping of this in a few weeks. I'll be at the CD Baby DIY Musician Conference, and there will be people there that are curators 
There will be people there talking about Spotify playlists. One of the things that you guys need to understand is that you cannot buy your way onto an Apple playlist, a Spotify playlist, a Pandora playlist. There are some independent playlists that if it's the right music, I mean, you guys just don't take money to take money because once again, it has to make sense. But sometimes there are submission fees. Talk to me a little bit about the submission fees and companies like Crosshair Mm -hmm. that will pay people like yourself to listen to this music. And usually it's a small fee. What is that submission fee for? You know, what? because people are like, well, it's like I don't want to pay somebody to listen to my music. I'm like, well, time isn't free, last I checked. Mm. At least my time isn't free, and I'm sure yours isn't as well. What is the submission process? What's out of the norm? What may come across as you're probably being scammed, and what's legit? In your okay, opinion? sure. So, you know, curators – A number of curators, it's a passion project. They're not getting any money out of it. They do it for the love. And that's how it starts. And, you know, then it gets to the point where they start to get all of the emails, as we said, and it gets to the point where they want to spend more time on it. And, you know, they're working a part-time job trying to make ends meet or they're working a full-time job and they're getting pressure from their boss to, you know, um, contribute a few more hours, basically. Um, you know, so with services such as you mentioned Crosshair, what they're doing is they're saying, well, curators should get paid, but they shouldn't get paid just to put a song in a playlist, you know, because that's payola. We, we don't want that. That's frowned upon by Spotify. You're potentially going to get blacklisted. Google it if you want to know, from, you know, there's hundreds of reasons why it's a bad idea. Um, plus, most of those playlists, you're spending money to get onto them and you're not getting any real listeners. Sometimes you don't even get listeners, period. Right. Um, so you just brag about being on a playlist and nobody ever listens to it. Um, services like Crosshair, they, you know, you sign up as a curator. Uh, we'll explain the curator side first. And you set up a profile, you link your playlists, they check them out, make sure they actually have followers, they check to see what engagement there is, and then they put you on there. And they'll start paying you a fee. I'm not going to say the amount because it changes depending on the curator, how long you've been on there. But it's, it's worth your time, basically. Uh, and you'll literally open it up, log in, and the songs will be queued up for you. You hit play. They start playing. You can read a little bit of a press release uh, or a bio about that artist while you're listening to it if you like. And then at the end, you simply choose, you give it a rating out of five. You say if you're going to add the song or not and where you're going to add it. And that's it. You, you know, it's on you to make sure that you add that song. And because you said yes, that artist can now directly message you in the platform and follow up and perhaps, you know, tee up a uh, Twitter shout out or a Instagram post where they show you some love in return. That may, you know, strike up, a relationship and in future you can now pitch directly to that curator as well. Um, the other side of that for Crosshair, if you sign up as an artist, uh, you run a campaign with them, you purchase a credit and then you use that credit to run the campaign for your entire song. And that campaign will run. I don't quote me on this. I believe it's about four to six weeks and you know, that's all the work that you have to do. You upload your song so they've got a preview before release date. You put in the Spotify link, um, any other links and your bio and a little press kit if you've got it. And then you sit back 
and you log in two days later, you've got some feedback from curators. You can see yes, yes, no. You can see feedback about the song, the rating, where it's been added. And, and all of this work is done for you. So for some artists that don't have that time, you know, these services are great because, you know, there's a filter in, in there where they're actually getting real curators that have real playlists. Right. And, you know, they're saving you all that time seeking out these um, curators who perhaps don't even open their submission system publicly anymore because it became so overwhelming. So what I've found with Crosshair is that there's a number of curators on there that that's the only way that you're actually going to be able to submit music to them because they don't have time to, you know, um, go through 400 emails every day, every week. Um, you know, they've got a day job. They've got other things that they're doing to make a living as well. You know, a number of curators are also artists. Wow. Okay. So one of the things too is I think people need to understand is that you can go out and try to build these relationships with curators. You can take the time to submit your song to a hundred different people, or you can pay someone who already has these relationships and that's their job. And I think a lot of times artists expect just because they created this music that they expect everyone to do everything for free. And I think that's a real bad frame of mind to be in. Uh, a lot of times as these curators get bigger, they may have to hire someone to weed through 500 emails to find them 50 songs that are worth listening to. Well, you have to pay that person for their time to listen to these songs. Uh, a friend of mine, Charles Alexander, he has a company where it costs sometimes in the thousands of dollars for them to be involved with your campaign. But what they're doing is they have taken the time to employ people to build relationships and their emails get open. Their yes. emails get read. So that's what you're paying for. You're not paying them to get your music added to these playlists. You're getting, you're paying to get your music heard. And that's sometimes the hardest thing in this business. It's not getting it played first. It's getting it heard. So after you get it heard, then you've got an opportunity to get yourself on one of these playlists. While we're talking about getting heard, like I mentioned, this 50th episode, we do have a sponsor, Studio. Uh, it's sudio.com. Go check them out. What I did was I went in and I kept seeing their Instagram posts that were like so creative. Whoever's doing their marketing is fantastic. The imagery is beautiful. And what I wanted was a pair of headphones for the active lifestyle that I lead to go out and start jogging. So I reached out, I took a look at what they had, and I ended up picking up what's called the tray. And the tray is the models for those. And I'm going to go ahead and read uh, about them to you because they've done such a great job writing it. And I'm not a writer and I want to be able to share this with you. But it's for those of you with an active lifestyle while having impeccable clarity in the instrumental tones and well-balanced sound with nine plus hours of active battery life, 10 days of standby life, the tray is the perfect companion for you at home or on the go. What I also like about it is it's made out of sweatproof material because if you're working out like I do, especially when you do the orange theory, you get to sweating a little bit. I, I just liked the feel of them. Uh, not only did they have the earpiece, but they have the little wingtip to make sure that it stays in your ear. It's super cool. And if you'd like to check them out, go to sudio.com. And if you decide you'd like to pick up a pair, they're very affordable. 
if you put in the code at checkout, M-I-B podcast, that's M-I-B podcast, they'll give you uh, 15% off your order and they also offer free shipping. I figure as we're talking about sound, we're talking about songs, we're talking about quality, what better way than to talk about uh, some cool headphones and I'm using the Studio Tray headphones. So definitely go and check them out. Once again, sudio.com and type in MIB podcast for the discount and I'll make sure that it's in the show notes. So how many podcast or playlists are you actually working on right now? I mean, this has become a full-time job for you. Yeah, well, um, as you know, Rick, I'm, I'm a man of many side hustles and um, that's probably five more podcasts. But um, yes, uh, you know, a combination of this and everything else has become a full-time job and then some. So as far as the playlist that I curate, we're looking at about 45 playlists that are public and close to 100 if you include the private ones. Wow. So tell, and, um, let's talk about the book. I think yep. that the book offers some great tips. I want to give some tips to the folks that are going to submit some of the, the do's and some of the don'ts. But let's talk a little bit about the book, how the book came about. You and I talk about how people keep asking us the same questions. That's how yeah. my book came about, how this podcast came about. All I'm doing, if you think about it, go back and listen to the past 49 episodes, is I'm just answering your questions. I'm just talking about the things that get brought up all the time. Talk a little bit about the book and how they can find it. Yeah, absolutely. So the book came about, um, you know, I started putting all of this, um, you know, everything I learned into practice as far as curating, pitching, uh, reaching out to curators and best practices. And I started working with some artists, um, some friends that wanted to start self-releasing, releasing their music. And, um, you know, so we got together and I realized that I was creating these documents for them and it was literally instruction sheets. And I went, I could probably help more people than just you because this is so detailed. And um, then I started to write these emails where it was me going, hey, this is what you need to do, but first you need to do this and then you need to do this and make sure that when you send this email, this is the tone that you're going for. And so the book was already there uh, in, in pieces, uh, mind you. And I started to put it together and, you know, it got to the point where, as you said, people coming up to me, um, you know, phone calls, emails, chats, you know, asking me the same questions and I loved helping them, but I just, I, I knew there had to be a way to help more people, you know? So I, I just said, look, I'm writing a book, you know, it's going to, it's going to be out soon. You know, I'm, here's the answer to your question for now, for now. And then I just shut down for a few weeks and finished it off. And, um, you know, the feedback's been great. And, um, it's, it's really, you know, I, hearing the feedback from some of these artists where they finished the book and they've actually started, you know, most importantly, putting these practices into use and, you know, coming back to me two weeks later and saying, Hey, I've been added to 20, 30 different playlists. This is my only second song. And, you know, I'm on 10,000 streams, which may not be a lot to many of us, but to someone who's starting out, once you actually hit that first 1000 streams, you actually see that number reflected in Spotify and people forget how important that is to actually break that 1000 stream mark. And then from there, you know, you start to focus on monthly listeners as well. Um, but yeah, that's how the book came about was helping others and wanting to help everyone. 
and, you know, most, most importantly, wanting to help anyone that would listen. So, you know, not everyone's going to pick up the book. Not everyone's going to read it. Not everyone's going to do exactly what it says. But, uh, you know, I hope that at least everyone that reads it gets one takeaway from this, something they didn't know where they go, yes, I'm going to do that right now and see what happens. One of the things that I enjoyed about it, and I, I bought the book and I think it was 10 bucks is that it's in digital form so that as things change, it's like with my programs, I do all my programs in digital because I can go in and update it immediately. And I noticed that when I signed up for the book, I downloaded it to my phone and put it in a list that says, you you know, click here for updates. You know, if there's updates, you're able to go in and put that in. So I highly recommend all of you. It's worth, skip two cups of Starbucks this week and pick up this book that can absolutely change your life. Something else, I just thought of it would be cool is if we could create something. I, I'm always thinking of Facebook ads. I'm thinking of lead magnets and I'm like, how to get your first 1000 plays on a playlist, how to get your first 1000 Spotify plays. Because it's like when I was teaching people how to get email addresses, how to get your first 100 email addresses, how to sell your first 100 records or get your first 100 downloads. So a thousand, that's the magic number with Spotify that then, it now starts showing you the actual number of plays. Correct. Um, one, one thing to add on that, if you sign up for Spotify for Artists um, and you download the app onto your Apple or Android phone, tablet, whatever, uh, it will actually show you one day after release, uh, it'll actually show you the live stream count. So, wow. you know, I actually did this as a test just for a little bit of fun a while back and I had my iPad rested up against the wall and... Um, you know, I had some uh, celebratory beverages uh, positioned around it, let's say. And um, I just had a live stream literally pointing at that tablet with the number. And what I found was that when people see a number, they want to see if they can make it go up. And so people were tuning into the live stream. And as they were, they were testing it to see if that number was in fact going up as they were playing the song. And I just went, this is great. I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to leave this going as long as it, and you know, until the battery dies. And um, that's how I got to 1,000 streams on a recent song. Um, you know, just thinking outside the box and going, well, you know, I've got, you know, X amount of followers on Instagram right now. There's no reason why I've got another device. I can't also broadcast this to Facebook. And, you know, just something a little different and people, you know, engaged with it and they wanted to see if they could, you know, make that number go up. So, you know, be different. Um, things that you found that Spotify frowns on, let's talk about some best practices here. Let's also talk about realistic numbers because everyone hates to feel like that they were BS. You know, it came a time when record companies were saying, okay, go find every kid that's got a million YouTube views and let's sign them to a record deal. And then they would release a song and realize, you know, they couldn't sell records. Uh, then they realized you could buy plays, you could buy likes, but what you couldn't buy was the engagement. You couldn't buy comments, you couldn't buy shares. If that was happening, now people start looking. They don't really care how big your number is, they care how big your engagement is. Are there any best practices and things that you would tell people, even though it sounds like a good idea, really isn't a good idea uh, when it comes to playlists? 
Yeah, so I'll give you some do's and some don'ts here. Um, you know, we've, we've said Spotify a lot, but this really does apply to any streaming service and you would have seen this in the book as well. But, you know, even if you've only got one song, get a photo on your profile, put it, you know, even the shortest bio on there, the city you're from, how old you are, how long you've been writing music, you know, why you write music, done. You know, that could be enough that if they like your song, they go, well, they've at least taken the time to put some information up on here. You know, we want to add them to this playlist. If they go to your profile and you don't even have a picture up, they're going to go, if they don't even have a picture up on here, you know, are they, are they active on social media? Are they even going to promote this at all? So, you know, make sure that you're ready, you know, even if you don't think that you need to be, you know, if you've got a song on there, get a photo on there. Um, Spotify allow you to link to your, um, I think it's Instagram and Twitter and Wikipedia. If you have one as well, definitely do that. The more places that people can go, the longer you're going to keep them engaged. And if they click away to your social media, guess what? Your song's still playing while they're looking at your social media. Um, you know, practices that you shouldn't do, definitely do not put your song on an infinite loop and go to bed. I've heard so many artists say to their friends, hey, if all of you just played my song and left it on loop all night and went to bed with the volume down, you know, you'd make me $80 a week. Right. How about, you know, not doing that and just focusing your time instead of setting that up and, you know, monitoring your friends and making sure it happens, you know, actually reaching out to some people outside of your group of friends. You know, I always say if your friends are going to support you, they're going to support you. You don't even need to ask them, you know, they may not support you at the start, but as you get bigger, what do you know? They may appear out of nowhere. And then, you know, that's up to you to decide how strong that friendship is. But I, I say the time and attention that you're focusing on friends and family, focus that on strangers and, and getting them to notice your music. And definitely don't try and game or cheat the system with Spotify because they see a lot more than they show us. Right. As you mentioned before, they know if a song has been skipped 45 seconds in, 10 seconds in, two seconds in. They, they know if the same person is listening to it 500 times a day or... 10 people, you know, living in the same area code are listening to the same playlist with that song on, on there on loop. So, you know, definitely focus that time and energy on, you know, something positive instead. Um, best practices as well. You mentioned before about having a playlist, you know, definitely number one for an artist is have one playlist. And uh, the very first playlist I always say is all of your original music, you know, or all of your releases. Um, You know, even if you've only got two songs right now, just have it there and have those two songs in there. And, you know, always push people to that playlist and say, you know, because that way you own that, you can put whatever you want in there and it's always sitting there. Um, you know, and then once you've got that playlist, um, you know, you can use that, make it your artist pick in Spotify and you can use that as a promotional tool. And this is totally cool with Spotify. They love seeing this where you make the playlist and you, you pay, maybe change the name to your new album and say, you know, Rick's greatest hits coming out soon. And then in the description below, you'll say, follow this playlist, um, you know, to hear all of Rick's hits so far and all of the new tracks will be dropped in here as well. And then people know, right, that's where I need to go to get my, you know, 
two hours of Rick every day. Um, you know, the, if you want to do another playlist, the next playlist I say is what inspires you and similar music to what you're doing, most importantly. So the reason for that is, you know, if you're making stuff that would sound great in a coffee shop, uh, then make a coffee shop playlist, make a cafe playlist. Um, start putting a bunch of artists that you like that have a similar sound that inspired you, put them in there and then start sliding your songs in there. And, you know, be humble. Don't put your song at number one, number two, number four. You know, have the strongest song at the start and then as it gets in a little bit further, they're going to hear your song and it's not going to be a big shock. It's going to fit nicely and they're going to understand that they're listening to a playlist you curated. Of course, you're going to put your music in. That's awesome. You know, it's it's one of those things too where it's – I always talk about social media. I'm big on social media. I teach people social media. What's great now, Instagram stories. You can now share your song from your playlist in a story. You can now share uh, the APIs with Twitter and Facebook. They don't want you to leave. So you take the copy of the URL, put it in your Facebook post, and the player opens up. And if someone is already subscribed, if they're a subscriber to to Apple Music or Spotify, it'll play from the beginning and go. If they're not, it's only it's going to pick a random 30 seconds that it's going to play, and then it's going to ask them to join Spotify. So there's things that you can do. You can take your song now, and you can boost that post. And one of the tricks I'll teach you guys is when you're setting up your audiences, if, if you have a song that's like Adele, and you follow people who like Adele, and you get them to come see your song – also click on the button in the Facebook ads that says must also match and put Spotify. That way it'll everybody who likes Adele and likes Spotify will now be seeing that. It will decrease the size of the audience, but there's a better chance that they're already subscribers to Spotify and you'll get a better opportunity for your music to be played. Every single day, you should use your social media as your own radio station. If you've got 10 songs, you should have 10 posts every day that go out because now Twitter will let you play a song and continue to go looking through Twitter while that song's playing. Facebook will let you play a song. You start scrolling, it'll pop it up in the far corner if you've hit play on that, if you've hit play on a video. So use these tools that are free to you to help get your music in front of as many people as possible. Your job as a music business, which you are, if you are wanting to collect, start collecting money is every day you should say, how can I get my music played by as many people as possible? Record companies now are not putting URLs to individual songs anymore. They're putting URLs to playlist. That's what people are doing because once they've got you, why let it end? And they randomly pick what comes up next. If you put it on a playlist, you control what's happening and you're going to grow your playlist numbers as well. Michael, this has been awesome. I love this conversation. I can't wait to get you to Nashville to do a live event with me. Uh, I can't wait to run into you at some of these conferences. Once again, two things I need from you. You mentioned a website earlier about where to send your stems to get it matched. Could you spell out that website for us with your accent? I didn't get it. So, uh, Michael's from Texas, as you guys can tell by his accent. Uh, he's actually not, but if you could spell yeah, that I'm back in Texas, yes. And then let's give them your website 
where <laughs> they can find out more about you, read your blog. And uh, I know there's a submission process. Uh, tell people the type of music you're looking for and the submission process in order to do that. All right, cool. First up, uh, I'll say it a little slower and I will spell it. Lander, L-A-N-D-R. So, you know, you're walking around on land or you're driving around on land with the letter R at the end for Rick. Yeah. So L-A-N-D-R. Lander.com. Lander. I'm sorry, with your accent, it's Lander. With mine, Land. it's... Yeah, Lander.com. I don't even remember how I say it anymore. I'm going to start saying <laughs> Lander. Yeah, Lander.com. We'll make sure that's in the show notes. And then your website? Yes, is workhardplaylisthard.com. And there they can get your blog. They can go buy your book, which I highly recommend that they do. And make sure that you follow uh, Michael as well on social media. Want to say thank you to Studio and thank you for the uh, Trey headphones that I have. Super excited about that. Sudio.com. Don't forget to use MIB Podcast to get your fifteen percent discount. And snap a picture of yourself, post it on socials, tag me, and I'll be more than happy to share it across my social platforms as well. Thank you guys once again. If you're new to the podcast, I would love for you to subscribe. Go back, listen to the other 49 episodes. I was joking with my wife tonight. I have one of my artists here, Vivian Hicks, and we've been in the studio. And I said, I'm so excited. I'm getting ready to go out and record my 50th episode of my podcast. And my wife jokingly says, yeah, I guess I've got 49 others I need to go listen to first, right? So my wife hasn't even listened to my podcast or subscribed. I don't even think she knows how to do it, but that's okay. Just ask to borrow her phone. Yeah, that's right. She should, <laughs> you should subscribe. Uh, head over to the website, rickbarker.com. While you're there, click on podcast. You'll get all the show notes. You'll be able to hear all the past episodes. And while you're there, grab a free copy of my book, The $150,000 Music Degree. This has been awesome. I can't wait to talk to you guys in episode number 51. Thanks to Studio once again. Thank you to Michael once again, and I'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Ciao. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. Remember, there is no one-size-fits-all model when it comes to the music industry. So check out my website, rickbarker.com, take the quiz, and I will send you information specific to you to help make sure that you are on the right track. You've been listening to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast with Rick Barker. You can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Barker Music. And remember, you don't drown by falling into the water, you drown by staying there.